Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. Yeah, and that horse will uh, bid to follow up again this year and, and try and give Paul the mantle. All right, a 14th win in the King George. But we'll get there. How are you? Yeah, I'm good for me. You? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Thanks ever so, so much for coming in. I was, I was in yesterday watching, and I was, every time you have someone coming in the next day, you think, I just hope they have a winner. Mm. Let alone, <laughs> I hope they don't get yeah. beaten a, a, a short head in the big race. But, the, but there we are. It was, I mean, I, I guess you were watching yesterday thinking what, what might have been. But it was a good racing. Oh, it was good racing, uh that we've had a good few weeks and won plenty of good races and just yesterday was a short head away from winning another one. Mm. Uh, I think probably ran a career best, he's improving and you get beat your short head, you get beat your short head, it's frustrating but at least he's run very, very well. So the other thing I was doing yesterday is just going, going through your, your history and your, your stats and the one thing that really struck me, well, there can't be many people that all bar one year where you've run more than mm. 400 horses, you've had a 20% strike rate or more. You've basically, to, to, as far as the mm. figures would say, never had a bad year. You might feel you have, yeah. but you haven't, you haven't yeah. really. And, and with everything that goes around, bugs and sickness mm. and quality of horses, turnover of horses, how, how have you done that? Just try and be consistent, really. Have a good team around you. You know, headed up my head, left Clifford. We all work hard and make sure everything's right. And you can have a few indifferent years because what you've got in your squad, really, in the horses. But we've always tried to... We, Clifford and I always try and set a benchmark of about 25% strike rate throughout the seasons. And we've not been far off that most years. Mm -hmm. Last year, we were not far off 30 most of the season. Dropped off a bit towards the end. But I think at the moment, we're 25 or 26%. If we can keep doing that, we'd be well happy. I think I know what you're, what you're going to say now, um, but if you could pick out, do you know what your best year on the numbers is? So winners, prize money yeah. and strike rate, if you look at those three metrics, what, do, you, do you know which the best is? No, I, not, not in detail, no. I, I know, I think one year we had, I think probably up to close 170 winners. Yeah. Um, and um, well, one year not far, four million prize money. Um, because if you'd have asked me before mm. I had a look, yeah. I'd have gone, well, it's got to be the Gold Cup. It's got to be, yeah. it's got to be yeah. 70809. Last year. Yeah. Well, there we are. Last year. Yeah. And yet I don't think people would necessarily say that. No. Uh, that's right. And that's without winning all those super races, yeah. winning all those good horses. So we're consistently good across the board last year with the horses. And at the end of the day, you've got to get the best out of everything you've got on your team. And obviously last year was a good year. Hmm. Tell me about Clifford then. How, how long has he been with you? Uh, 
27, 28 years. You know, he'd been with David Nicholson before then, and he moved down, and um, you know, we've just had a great relationship since. He works hard. He's like me. He eats and sleeps it, and um, yeah, you need someone like that behind you. And as long as we're both you know, fit and healthy, we're going to keep going. What, what is it about that relationship which works so well, and, and clearly is so important to the success of the operation? Just complete faith and trust in him, and just you know let them get on with his job. I mean, I've always been one really to delegate. You can't do it all. That's what I think Paul Barber always said to me. I remember saying, "Young man, you've got to delegate. Remember that." And it's it's very true. You can't do it all. You have to be prepared to let yeah. people get on with it. And Clifford does a fantastic job. Yeah, Saran, we got you know some good Charlie Davis, Natalie Parker, Andrew Glastonbury, um, Dave runs our yard at Highbridge. You have to have good people around you. But when there's so much at stake, it must be hard. To, to, to delegate and have ultimate faith in, in so many different people. Because, because there is a huge amount at stake. But, but like you say, there's, there's not enough time of the day no. to do everything. Were, were you good at, at delegation from day one, or have you learnt? I've learnt along the way. You, you, you do. I mean, I've been well, training 32 years, so you, you learn every season. You never stop learning. But, yeah, it, when you start off, and ultimately you want to do everything. You think you can do everything, but you can't. And had a wise man above me then in Paul... You know, always pointing me in the right direction, telling me where I was going wrong and where I should do things differently. And Paul obviously had a big influence on on the way I run my business and my life, right. really. Um, but yeah, you have to have faith in people around you and give them a chance, and it all gels together then. And how different would it be now to, well, even I guess say 25 years ago, where you were really mm. starting to, to mm. hit the top, the 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 the, the process of of training a horse. Maybe it's exactly the same, yeah. training a horse, uh, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the environment we're in, how different do you feel it is now and how have you enabled yourself and the team to sort of stay current? You're forever changing. Um, you're forever learning and never be prepared to, to listen to everybody involved. But, you know, now really we've got the ultimate setup now. The, all the facilities we, we've invested in and got. Good staff, good owners. Obviously that's very, very important. And decent horses, and there's loads of crumbs to make a cake. Mm. And your experience over the years helps you glue all that together. And hopefully, that's why Clifford and I always make the right decision to try and make the right decision and keep it all going the right way. Was there ever a point where you thought could be in trouble there this year, this year, or, or we're not looking too strong? And, or, or do you go into every season worried? No, sometimes you do think that. You know, you go, and and it's a remarkable how long the way horses pop up and come along and. I always remember our Corto and all those good horses, Mastermind and Neptune and Denman, all finished. Like, oh, where are we going to go now? We're going to be in trouble. And then Silver Conti popped up and won two King Georges, as you showed earlier on. And then Clan Disabow came along. And um, they, they seem to keep, you know, cropping up. And then we've invested a lot of time and money in the last few years in buying three-year-olds and bringing them through the system. And Stage Star is a great example of that. It started off in his bumper at Chepstone, look where he is now, and bringing those horses along that way. So you, we've always got a production line now of, of nice horses to come on through, and I hope we've got as you know, lovely horses for the next few years. So, so I, I think there's a perception, I might be completely wrong, and maybe it's just me, that, that, that those horses that you mentioned, the, the, the Contes mm. and, and, and the other King George winners mm. you had, were still sort of the stable stars in some quieter years yeah, for you. Yeah, they were, but, yeah. And yet, on the numbers, they weren't necessarily. But don't you feel we're, that the jumping game at the moment is, unless you're firing out Cheltenham winners, mm. you're not really hitting the heights? Now, you, the way you approach the game, mm. might feel very differently mm. to that, but I feel there is that perception in the jump racing game anyway. Well, there might be that perception, but I don't see it like that at all, obviously. I mean, we were lucky last year we had a couple of Cheltenham winners, but without the Cheltenham winners, we'd probably still won the championship. And 
good prize money. There's a lot of good races out there to be won all around Cheltenham. Cheltenham's not the be-all and end-all of everything. Of course, we all want to have Cheltenham winners. Everybody does. Every owner, everyone aspires to have winners at Cheltenham. Yeah. But there's some fantastic races throughout the season. It's yeah. not just about one week of the season. For me, that's I've always thought that. You know, we want to have winners all year round. Yeah. Has there been maybe it's at at, the, at Cheltenham, maybe it's elsewhere. Has there been sort of sort of one horse, maybe maybe the obvious one, maybe a way that that has given you a, such a, a sense of satisfaction as to what you have been able to achieve with him or her? Uh, I mean, I would say Cordo Starr is one of the top ones, but those, you know, the longevity of those horses, you know, you think yeah. he, he he won all those races and he, he was still able to win a Betfair chase, I think, for the fourth time at a King George for the fifth time when he was 11 years old yeah. and won a, a novice chase at Newbury when he was a four-year-old. So just the longevity of those good horses, and Denman was another, was still running when he was 12 and 13. Yeah. Uh, that, that gives me an awful lot of pleasure to... So compare a... I'm, I'm just indulging myself into mm. when I, I guess, sort of really fell in love with it, but compare a, a Denman winning a, a second Hennessy, mm. as it was then, mm. with Corto winning a first Gold Cup. Are they, are, they, are they sort of not comparable because... You know, it's Corto winning yeah. a Gold Cup for the first time, yeah. or, or or is there something about Denman and that weight carrying performance, which I know we in the public mm. all also buy into, that gives you a huge amount of satisfaction? I, it, it, they were just great days with all those horses. What have they have achieved? You know, they're very special. I, I think with Corto, the second Gold Cup was, you know, he was the first horse to lose mm -hmm. and come back and and then win the Gold Cup. That was special. And when he won a fifth King George, which would be hard to, I have think it'd beat. That was special. But you know, you said when Denman won, you know. You can pick up big bucks, masterminded. When he won the Champion Chess as a five-year-old, that was probably a fantastic day. They're all great days, and very lucky to have had those horses to be able to do it. How how did you arrive at that point where you had all those good horses? Well, I suppose I think they find you. We got very lucky. Anthony Bromley was sourcing a lot of them, he, he, and there weren't too many people at that time sort of buying the French horses like there is now. Mm. There's a small amount of people, and had the right owners to buy them at the right time. And, yeah, a lot of ways you got lucky, but I think those good horses tend to find you a little bit, and um, obviously we're very lucky at one time to have all those. The other thing that was slightly lost on me about that, that period, um, looking at Ruby's, where, where he was riding and the numbers of, 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 of winners he was riding, between Britain and Ireland at that time, he was still riding 200-plus mm. winners. How, how did, you, between the two of you, I can't really think about mm. how, how you mm. managed it, but how was it worked what he was going to ride where was it a case of he'll ride for you mm. when you ask yeah, yeah. at the time, yeah. or would you have always said you know the, the sort of hurricane flies in this world or whatever he, he could definitely ride those? Was it was there a sort of unwritten rule between the two? Of you? Yeah, yeah, it was a gentleman's agreement we we had and we we made it work. And at the time, most of the big races in Ireland were on a Sunday. It was in the UK. It was on a Saturday, so that suited quite well. And yeah, it just worked and you know, there was no point bringing him over to Plumpton on a Monday for one that had no chance. <laughs> but he, if he had one that I said would win at Plumpton on a Monday, he'd be there. Mm -hmm. um, and we just worked together. And, and, it and when it well. came to the festival, it was sort of a, it was, it was a bit it was yeah. harder? Or? Well, Willie wasn't quite so strong back in those days as he is now. Obviously, it would have been an impossible situation now. Mm. But at that time, you know, if he thought strongly about one that, that would win, for someone else, for Willie in particular, he'd ride it, and he always chose the best. And when it came to those championship days at the festival, he chose what he wanted to ride. Do you remember your first trainers' championship? Yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Was it 2006? I think. Um, what was the what was the sort of scene like then in 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 the trainers' world? Because 
I'm asking because I, yeah. I sort of just about missed Martin Pike personally, yeah. uh, and and you were the you were the the, the top of the tree when yeah. when I sort of really fell for the sport. So what what was what what was the scene like a couple of years before that when you were really on the up? Was was there a fierce rivalry between? There, you? Yeah, there was. Of course, there was. Uh, I mean, that's the same in any sport. Um, it got a little bit intense really towards that, that first year we went because we were running horses all around the country, and I think Martin got a bit stick for running quite a lot up and up north, and come back and run it sand down in. You know, he, he was a determined man and he wasn't going to be beat. And, um, yeah, it did get a bit intense. But I think I've been second in the championship to him for four or five seasons on the trot and he was always going to be a hard man to beat. But eventually we cracked in 2006 and and never really looked back since then. And um, Martin retired then and, and I think David took over shortly afterwards. So it, then it was a completely new thing. You know, it was, what, what did um, you think when he retired? Um... Well, I think it shocked everybody because he retired on the morning of the last day of the season at Sandown. But yeah, I can see his point in retiring at the top. And um, yeah, there was that fierce rivalry then. But to be honest, we get on great um, now. And I have to say, when I got my OBE a couple of years ago, he wrote me the most wonderful letter. Mm. And um, yeah, if I see him at the races, we'll have a good chat. And yeah, there's no harm in, in rivalry in any sport you see it. But seems to be in racing sometimes it's frowned upon but um in football and other sports there is rivalry but it's good that you can shake hands afterwards and and move on isn't it great for the sport though yeah. so you talk about those football yeah. moments some of those yeah. you know wenger ferguson mm. moments yeah. on the touchline and the and the yeah. the two called conte handshake yeah. recently where they, yeah. are we i i i often think we lack a bit but i agree entirely and um you know you've got to show passion you, you all work hard you put a lot into it and end of the day you want to win you know, that's why you're doing it. And um, the same with all those people you mentioned, um, especially Alec. I mean, he was a fiercely competitive man. And, you know, there's no harm in that. As long as you can shake hands afterwards and move on, then it's good. Um, so, so coming back to this year, how would you assess, obviously, off the back of a couple of top-level novice wins mm. at the Cheltenham Festival, how, how would you say the, the, the yard stacks up between the novices and the older horses this year and compared to, say, the last five years? Are you, are you as, as strong as you've been? I think we, you know, we've got some wonderful novice chases coming through and novice hurdlers and you know, the, the, the top end. I mean, yeah, we've got a good team and I think we can only get stronger over the next few years with some of the horses coming on through, especially the younger the younger horses. Um, but the novice chases this year have been really good. You know, Stay Away Faye, Napa's Hill, Hermes Allen, Ginny's Destiny's not far behind them. Um, and it's nice to have those horses that will be the future, really. Who? So what, what have we got? The, the next big novice chase will be the Corto Star. Yeah. Um, I was going to run Nappers Hill in that. Sadly, Nappers Hill's had a little setback and we might end up missing the rest of the season with him. It's, ah. only, it's only minor, but if it's minor, you still got And You know, I'd I see him possibly being a horse that could run in the King George post next year. So right. we think we need to stop and get him right. So I'm going to reroute Hermes Allen to the Corto Star now. Uh, rather than go to Ascot this week, because you know, I'd love to run him in a grade one, especially over three miles. So, uh, you know, you, you play your cards and try and keep them all apart, and then you get something like this happen. Um, so Hermes will almost certainly go to Kempton on Boxing Day. So on Hermes Allen, there have been comparisons made to the likes of, well, not, not ability-wise, but how mm. you've campaigned him. The likes mm. of, say, a, a Denman and your other Challo winner, mm. for, for the, the obvious Brave one. Man's game. Yeah, yeah, Brave Man's, of course. Um, who've then gone on to make it into mm. you know, top-level stage yeah. chasers, who actually d didn't win their, their novice hurdle yeah. at the festival, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Um, Hermes yeah. Allen didn't. Is he in that mould or not, or not quite? Because physically, when I, I think yeah. I remember when I first yeah. saw him, he didn't necessarily strike yeah. me as that. 
Oh, well, no after Kempton, won't we? Um, <laughs> we will. Um, you no, know, he's not. I mean, him and Stay Away Fade, particularly the same type of model. It's not big, massive, big Denman type horses. They're proper athletic racehorses. Not the biggest in the world. They've both got jumping ability and yeah. they're good. And yeah, Hermes, you know, had a good season. He won the Chalo and then sort of tailed off a bit in the swim. But he was just struggling with his breathing. He did all season, actually, funny enough. First time we ever ran him at Stratford, I ran him on fast ground because I thought he might struggle with a tongue tie on. But he just kept on going. So he sorted his breathing out in the summer. Had a little setback, nothing minor, like a foot infection. And so he went into Newbury a bit short, really. Mm. Um, but he's taken good steps forward since then. And I'll be really interested in seeing him over three miles at Kempton because I think that track will suit him well. Um, what's your gut feeling about the trip, not just at Kempton, but for the rest of the season? He's got enough boot to win over two and a half, 260 sort of Newbury, but I'm sure he'll get three miles. I and mean, he's won a point to point. He, he, he looks a stayer. I mean, you win a shallow hurdle to me, you're a stayer. So I don't see a trip being a problem. I, I would have said three. He's, he's like almost mirrors Parade Man's game in it. Kempton mm. will probably be a, the ultimate track for him in a lot of ways. Whether he'd get three and a quarter miles at Cheltenham, yeah, who knows? But I love I love the fact with Brave Man's game, you basically called him from his debut winning yeah. King George. Yeah. I think it was Harry Derham that said yeah. that. Was it Exeter? Yeah. We always thought of that. Was, yeah, we thought he you know, yeah, exactly. One of Novice Hurdle at Exeter, and we thought this could be a King George horse. I don't, yeah. we, we, you know, sometimes you, you can have a dream, but you've got to have, look forward a bit. And we, he was always going to be a chaser. Whatever he did over Hurdles was going to be you know, ideal, but th those horses take a huge step forward if they jump when they go chasing. Obviously, we're not far out from a King George, and we went mm. with a King George opener. What what differentiates a King George horse from a Gold Cup horse, um, and and what does a horse have to have to win both? That perhaps not every you know not every King George yeah, no, winner you've had has no, won a King, has no, won a Gold Cup. No, Corto had everything, didn't he? I mean, he could win you know two two and a half Kempton Gold Cups, Silvanaco Conti and Clanders about could win a King George. Both and won two King Georges, and hated Cheltenham couldn't operate at Cheltenham. Denman would have got lapped in a King George, for example, <laughs> but Cheltenham suited him well. He was an out-and-out -out class, true stayer. And I think, I do think for a Gold Cup, you really need a real strong stayer. Mm. I think the first year, funny enough, Corto won the Gold Cup. The second year, he had a, a slightly not quite so good season. It almost took him a year to get over that first season. I don't think he was quite as good when Denman beat him as he was a year before. He'd, and at Brave Man's Games, a little bit like that. I think they had a... You know, they had a hard, you know, because they're not probably real strong stouts. They had a real tough race in the Gold Cup and then Punchestown. And it's just taken them a little while to get back to where we want. And as I said to you earlier, I think Saturday is the first time I've seen him work right back to his best. This is brave, man. Yeah. And I just think, thinking about and looking back, probably Cheltenham and Punchestown would technically just bottom them a little bit and just take a little while to get over that. I take it you were more disappointed with last time than than, it, than his reappearance in the Charlie. Oh, no, I think he ran okay the last time. Probably three, one and a half, he got outstayed. He ran okay and Daryl sort of minded him. And it was probably quick enough after after Weatherby. Um, you know, we couldn't do too much between those two races. And it was a very valuable race. There's only four runners. You, you have got to run in those races, really. Mm. Um, but he's come out of that really well, and you know, as I said, Saturday morning he worked, I would say, right back to his best. He looks really sharp again now, and um, Kempton suits him very well. It's three miles, not three and a quarter, and um, I'd say he, he'll run very well, what I've seen of him the last couple of weeks. How many, it just, would it just be him? In and Frodon. Frodon will go as well. Yeah, Frodon yes. runs as well. Yeah, I mean, where would you go with him? He's a hard, he loves Kempton, he'll run yeah. a good solid race again, and um, yeah, so he'll run as well. Um, you just reminded me of something when you, when you talked about Corto, which was obviously the season that you just obviously mm. had such, such a huge amount of fun mm. with him. You went, better fair chase, mm. then you went, I go on Tingle Creek, then you mm. went King George. Would you ever do that again? 
and you'd have to have the right horse to do that. And that they're probably, I always said Coulter was a horse of a lifetime, so probably on that probably not. I mean, you've got to be a very exceptional horse to, to do that. Um, you don't think the game is different now, or you're not yeah. different now? You, it would, you would only do it with the right type of horse? Yeah, it'd have to be. I mean, literally, no point turning up in a Tingle Creek with horse who's going to go and get lapped. You need to have, you want to be going into those races to win, and he just had it all. I mean, he had so much speed. I mean, he he would he mastermind who's a quick horse probably had it as a two miler. He'd work with him any day he wanted, but he also had that ability to to stay three and a quarter miles. But I think both times he did win a Gold Cup over that trip, it did leave a little bit of. He took a while to get over it, mm -hmm. and that's what I said. I was thinking about the other day with Brave Man's game. It's just perhaps he just hasn't quite yet been back to his best, and hopefully we're getting close to that again now. Oh, you mentioned Harry Cobden. He. There's obviously something about your relationship which mm. works ever so well. Mm. I don't know, I don't know what it is. You know, don't know Harry mm. hugely well. He always mm. comes across mm. as a, a very nice, down-to-earth, mild-mannered mild mm. chap. But you and he seem to have, from day one, got off on the right foot. Yeah, it, it's not unlike the relationship I had with Ruby. To be honest with you, we had 14 to 15 years, and it worked well. And Harry's doing the same. He's he, he's going the right way. And you know, things only 24, 20. I think he's 24, isn't it? He's 25, but. You know, a young man who's learning all the time, um, it's getting better all the time, and yeah, we get on really well. You know, and if, if we like have the odd crossword, we, you know, it's good, forgotten the next day. Mm. You know, he has his opinion, I've got my opinion, and we don't clash very often. And we all make, I make mistakes, he makes the odd mistake, but the thing is not to make too many mistakes, and he's just getting better and better. Do you like a, a rider who, who can push back a bit? Is that important to you or not? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's a very important part of your team. You have to be able to, you know, get on with your stable jockey. They have to get on with all your staff and your owners and everybody. Make it a really happy ship and 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 to be riding well. But like now, you know, he he he's become one of the best jockeys riding. I've got no doubt about that. And a couple of his rides, Ginny's Destiny on Friday was out the top draw. Mm -hmm. You know, horse who probably was fairly unexposed, really, who's through Harry taking every big step forward and got confident in his jumping and confident in the way he runs and those rides like that to me stand out is how, how good he is. So when you started with Harry, when, when, you, when yeah. he first became stable jockey, did you see him as someone, he was obviously not going to be the finished article, no, no, no. but someone who needed to improve uh, to, for, for yeah. there to be longevity? Did he have to? Yeah, it was a big shout at the time because uh, he was doing really well and Colin Tizard was very keen to have him as stable jockey there and I didn't want him going anywhere. It's like I always joked, if it was a football sort of scenario, I could have let him go on a free loan for two yeah, years yeah. as long as I could have had him back. But that was never going to work. And it was probably a year too, too soon. And Sam Twiston Davis, who I've got the most respect for, is a fantastic man and jockey, was riding for us. And I'm thinking, I'm in trouble here. I've got to do something. And Paul, Paul Barb was always square behind me there. And you know Harry is really a relation of the bar. He's you know the barber family, and Paul was always quite keen to have Harry as stable jockey. If, and he always kept saying to me, "You've got to invest in the future, really." And if it takes a couple of years, and it's not quite right. And um, but Sam was doing really well. It was quite. It was you know it's a tough decision. And I remember talking to Alex Ferguson about it. He's always a great help to me. If I've got you know he always says, "Never be afraid of tough decisions." You've got to make them. Some people can't, but you have to make tough decisions. And he was right. And it, it was a tough day. I had to say to Sam that, that sorry, but I'm taking on Harry's number one. Um, you always get chances for us when you can. And he's ridden King George winners since then. And um, 
yeah, it was a tough decision at the time, but it's you know it was an investment for the future, and it's the best thing we ever did. Because you, always, I think we always think if you if you part ways with the jockey, mm. you've had a fallout. Yeah. Oh, you I, must I, have had a huge I, fallout, I, and you've, you, your hand's yeah. been forced. That, that's always a perception, really. And I, you know, Daryl and I parted company one time. I had a, you know, a lot of the time you get your owners load the gun and you pull the trigger. But Daryl and I are great mates, and yeah. you know, he, it was great to see him ride um, Brave Man's mm. game the other day. And he comes in and rides out once a week, and. Yeah, you, 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 there's no point falling out. You know, you, you you have to make tough decisions. It probably doesn't suit everybody at the time, and everyone frowns about it. And you know, you're in the firing line, but you've just got to try and do what's right, and try and then, as I said, it's great that I can be friends with Daryl and Sam and those guys. You know. Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.